It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, Sleepy J underscore pregame. Joined here by the one and only Uncle Dave, football fanatic extraordinaire. You guys can get him on Twitter as well, at Dave underscore Essler. And you can get us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. Well, Uncle Dave, it feels like we're going to have our first real college football weekend. SEC is in action. We got the ACC. We got all these football teams playing this weekend, Uncle Dave. And we were quite excited. We said, let's go ahead and do a podcast. Let's throw five, six, seven games on a sheet of paper. Let's go ahead and handicap them. So that's what we're going to do here for you guys. Looks like we have six games here we're going to go ahead and go over. Uncle Dave, now that college football is in the mix, we did get some news today that the Pac-12 is going to go ahead and they're going to play. And I believe they're going to start somewhere in like late November. They're going to play seven games. I'm not sure how you feel about that, Uncle Dave. I mean, I guess it's good, you know, that we're going to have, you know, football going in later. We'll have our Pac-12 teams. But I think they were just a little late to the party. My my first thought, Uncle Dave, was that if there is some type of a playoff or, you know, any type of like bowl games that they shouldn't even be included. That's just the way that I felt. Maybe that's, you know, a little rude. But that's just kind of the way that I felt. But how do you feel over Uncle Dave about, you know, the SEC starting football this weekend? And then, you know, obviously, as I just mentioned, the Pac-12 going to go ahead and kick off here in a couple of weeks. Well, I agree with you that, you know, I, I will I want to reserve judgment until they till they come out with the CFP. I mean, I I don't think that they should be included. And, you know, call me call me an SEC homer or an ACC homer. I guess I am. Um, first of all, I don't think they have the talent to be included. But second of all, you know, when they come out with a schedule, you know, my guess is that they will keep it, you know, somewhat more regional. And although I haven't looked at it, you know, that could clearly favor a team that could go 7-0 and in, in that sort of scenario and start clamoring for, for CFP. And, you know, you'll have your Clemson undefeated. You'll have your Alabama. Uh, you'll have your your big 10 trying to get in there and, and they will, Ohio state will. And, uh, and I just, I really don't think it's right. I don't think it's right from a, from a, from a, from a logical standpoint, you know, if, if the roles were reversed and it was the sec that didn't play, I would feel the same way because I, I don't think you should be able to say we're not playing period. And then when they see it kind of seems to work for other schools, well, okay, we'll play. I mean, I, I don't think you should reward that. So, no, I think they should play for the kids and have a good time doing it. I think at the end of the day, Uncle Dave, they decided money over health, where their initial stance was health over money. So it just goes to show that, you know, money does rule, you know, the root of all evil. So it is what it is. We'll have football, but that's just kind of the way that I feel about that one. So I just wanted to touch on that, Uncle Dave. But we will go ahead and get into some college football games here uncle dave we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna start out here in south beach we got the seminoles at miami saturday night prime time game here at 7 30 p.m eastern this one will be live on abc the hurricanes minus 11 point home favorite total 54 miami 2-0 in the season coming off an impressive performance they beat louisville in louisville i wasn't too happy about that i actually had the cardinals in that one Hurricanes quarterback the year. King played rather well. Uncle Dave, 325 yards in that one, three TDs. And FSU, they haven't played since September 12th. And the Seminoles, you know, they're coming off of a tough loss against Georgia Tech. 
and a rather boring outcome in that one that favored the Yellow Jackets 16-13. So, Uncle Dave, why don't you go ahead and give your thoughts on this Seminoles-Miami game. What are you thinking? Well, I followed this rivalry for a couple of decades, and I've learned not to do the instinctive thing here, which would be to take Miami. Now, I'm not saying I won't take Miami, but everybody and their brother will because they saw what Miami did to Louisville, and they remember what Georgia Tech did to FSU, which was a little bit of a surprise. But FSU's had two weeks to stew after that G-Tech game, uh, and they only rushed for a little over 100 yards. And more importantly, they allowed over 400 yards of offense to the the new G-Tech offense. And that actually made me think that Tech had a great chance against Central Florida, which was clearly wrong. But it could just show how bad FSU really is. I, I don't know. The Canes, they had a sluggish start against UAB, but that could have been attributed to your boy King being sort of new under center and just a general sign of the times. Although at the time, I didn't think so. And what they did to Louisville last week was fairly impressive. But what wasn't impressive to me is they let Louisville rush for over 200 yards. And, you know, if Louisville had been ahead, I would accept that. But Louisville was playing from behind, and that's when you would maybe think uh, their rushing totals would be down because they'd be throwing more. And, and the Canes have won three straight in this rivalry, and I'm trying to figure out which way is more here. FSU having two weeks to prepare – or Miami having two games already. Now, if it had been anybody but Norville, it would have been easy for me to take Miami. But 11, and it's up to 12 at some of the, the, the SpongeBob books, DraftKings, I believe, uh, and the totals dropped three points since opening. So I'm not quite sure. You know, people in Tallahassee already clamoring for Norville's head. You know, th- this could be their season right here if they get, if they get boat raced. And, you know, I guess – Five of the last six games have been decided by a touchdown or less. Uh, the only exception being last year's game in Tallahassee, which obviously would perhaps motivate FSU a little more. Um, you know, and if that gets its way up to 13, which it might, I, I would have to take the points. Um, I know that I would be in the minority, uh, but I'm just not laying that many points in that big of a rivalry game. And, you know, even though it's in Miami, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the old in Miami. It's not the sold-out Orange Bowl. It's a, you know, it's a few thousand apathetic people. Uh, so I'm not overly concerned about the crowd there. So I do lean FSU, especially if it ticks up a little bit. You know, I wouldn't disagree with you here with the side, Uncle Dave. You know, one of the things I know, and I know this just from, you know, living in your local hometown, you know, that you could have one team on, on one side of the bridge and one team on the other side of the bridge that are rivals. And one team could be, you know, 8-0 and and the other team could be 1-7. and But when those teams play, they play tough. It doesn't matter. And you kind of have that same situation here with Miami and Florida State. Yeah, they're not neighbors, but, you know, this is a, like more of a, you know, rivalry game. A lot of these kids know each other. They, they come from a lot of the same high schools and stuff like that. So I don't think there is much of a talent gap. And this is, you know, quite a bit of points to go ahead and lay here, you know, for the Hurricanes who, in, in my opinion, you know, they haven't looked, you know, razor sharp to be, you know, laying this amount of points. You know, the totals dropped three full points in this game. And for me, Uncle Dave, I think that's an overreaction, you know, to the Seminoles' result when they played the Yellow Jackets. They only had a a final score of 16-13. But if you look at both teams combined, Miami and Florida State, they allowed 400 yards per game on defense. Now, Miami, they have allowed 34 points to Louisville. And Louisville turned the ball over, Uncle Dave, three times in that game. And Miami, none. So I kind of wonder what Louisville – 
you know, what the points could have been, you know, for Louisville in that game, you know, could they had, you know, 44, maybe even, even 50. I mean, you give them the ball back three times. It's not like Miami looked like they were stopping him. So what I'm thinking here, Uncle Dave, is that the total is too low. So I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and buy this low. And if you look at Florida State, you know, some of these teams, you know, they come into the season and, and they look bad. And we've seen that over, you know, the first two weeks of college football season and the NFL. Teams on offense, they just come out and they look sloppy. But Florida State has at least one full game under their belt. But they've had two weeks off, as you had mentioned. So it probably going to go ahead and get some of the wrinkles out of that FSU offense. Not only that, I think Florida State, you know, that they've had time to go ahead and really review and dissect that Louisville-Miami game. So they're going to be able to find, you know, some of the Miami defects in their defense. So I think that this probably sets up for an over here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to buy this as low as I possibly can. You know, the total right now is 54. I don't like that Miami defense. I think the Florida State offense was, you know, kind of just sluggish. And now that they have had, you know, a game in two weeks under their belt, I think they can go ahead and hit the board. And I think if they go ahead and take a look at that Louisville tape, and maybe Florida State doesn't turn the ball over, well, maybe maybe Miami does give up a healthy amount of points here. So that is one of the reasons why I lean with you, is I think that, you know, Florida State is being, you know, a little bit underrated here. But I think the over is, is certainly the way that I'm going to go in that game. Why don't we jump over to NC State here, Uncle Dave, at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech going to be minus six and a half, seven at some shops. Total right now, 56 and a half. Now, North Carolina State, they got a game under their belt, and the Hokies do not. North Carolina State, they had a solid showing as they beat Wake Forest 45-42. And this is going to be the season opener here for Virginia Tech. So, Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and start out with this one, NC State, Virginia Tech. What are you thinking? Well, NC State was fairly impressive beating Wake in a game most people thought they'd lose. And actually, it was an expensive one for me because I did too. But I seriously wonder if they can stop anyone from scoring. You know, Wake is Wake is just really bad defensively. They had a they had a ton of of defensive secondary lapses, and they did in their first game as well. Um, so, you know, I can't take a lot away from that uh, NC State win over Wake as much as I'd like to. They had two guys though, both Person and Knight, but both ran for almost 100 yards. So it's another game where we have to decide how much better they'll be after having played versus obviously being the Hokies who are ranked their first game. You know, and 60% of the tickets say having a game under their belt is more important. You had the line open, Hokies nine, now it's down to seven. You know, uh, Tech is sixth in the nation in returning production. That's usually a big deal. And they bring back most of a defense that just didn't give up a lot of points last year. But they don't bring back Bud Foster. Uh, He finally retired at the end of last year. He'd been there defensive coordinator since we were knee-high to grasshoppers. They did promote from within. They, they named Justin Hamilton the D.C. So I think it'll be much harder for NC State to get in the end zone than it was against Wake's sieve-like defense. Uh, but it's hard for me to get to take in the underdog here, which I would I would lean to under normal circumstances. You know, Tech, uh, they're only apparently allowing 1,000 fans, which, you know, I guess it's 1,000 better than none, but it's probably not enough. If I had to bet this game, I think I would take NC State maybe first half only because they have played a game uh, and probably first half under because I don't think either team's going to put a lot of points on the board. But that's as far as I could go with it. I, I can't uh, – I'm not going to fall into the trap of taking taking a team that beat Tech that 
that hasn't played a game yet. You know, we're still in that uh, which one weighs more scenario. Tech is clearly the better team. State clearly has played a game, but I don't. I you know I think they're kind of a wash, um, and and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lay seven points because State can score and the back door could be open, uh, but I could maybe take the pack first half and 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 probably an under because I think it'll be a little sloppy. You know what I'm gonna do here, Uncle Dave? I'm probably just gonna go back to the same play that I made here in the first game. I don't have an opinion here on the side. But I will disagree with you a little bit here with the total. Anytime. I'm going to go ahead and probably play the over again. I feel like I'm buying low on this total as it's dropped down. And although the Hokies haven't played, you know, I just simply can't get past the 42 points that North Carolina State, you know, that they allowed to to wake. And the Hokies, you know, they've had a bunch of weeks to prepare, you know, their offense. And I just use that same angle with Florida State. Now, let's just stop it and think about this for a quick second. Let's go back to when the Sun Belt started to play and when the Conference USA started to play. They were like the first teams to play that first weekend. They were like, we're not taking any weeks off. And they went right into the season. Well, that probably hurt a lot of those teams. So I think the narrative is, you know, teams haven't played yet. And we get it. There, there will be some type of a, you know, some type of a regression probably in their offense, you know, going from, you know, not having played to, well, we've been off for three weeks and we haven't played, but let's not forget that practice time because that's something that I'm factoring in for Florida State, and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to factor that in here for Virginia Tech. I understand they don't have a game under their belt, but they have had more time to prepare versus, you know, the Conference USA, the Sun Belt, where we use that narrative a lot that these teams just haven't had time to practice. They haven't had time to go ahead and play games, and we get that. So I think there is a little bit of an overreaction to, you know, teams not having played, you know, as of right now. But it certainly warrants, you know, some type of, you know, consideration for sure. Even if the Hokies defense, Uncle Dave, is good in this game, I think North Carolina State, you know, that they can go ahead and hit the board. They put up a lot of points in that week game. They put up 45. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to buy the over here. I think I'm going to buy it a little bit low. I'm not going to make a big wager on this one, Uncle Dave. It's just going to be a pizza bet. You know, the fact that you're on the other side, obviously, that does draw some concerns for me. So I'll make the the, the minimal bet, you know, allowed here on, on our podcast, which would be a pizza bet on the over. Let's jump over to Duke at Virginia. Uncle Dave Duke, uh, 0-2 this season. And Virginia, they're going to open up their season here in Charlottesville. They're going to be minus 5.5 point favorites. Total 45, as I mentioned, this will be the Cavs opener. And Duke, they already have two games under the belt, but they both come with a loss, as I had mentioned. And they will be an underdog in this one. Uncle Dave, I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first. What are you thinking? Yeah, I don't know, Sleepy. You know, Duke played Notre Dame fairly tough. And then, of course, they were hammered at home by BC. And that was probably one of the sharper plays on the board. I think everybody everybody with the pulse had BC. Uh, and that's two games to Virginia zero. So here we go again. You know, what surprises me is, Duke's offense not being able to put points on the board because they brought back a lot of their offense and they brought back very little of their defense, which kind of showed up against Boston College. Uh, and Virginia brings back very little of their offense and most of their defense. So you got a kind of a, a nice dichotomy there. You know, Duke could be a little pissy about a 34 point loss here last year, maybe. Uh, but last year, UVA was a dead nuts over team. And there's a decent amount of sharp money on Duke. I don't know about that. 
quite likely because of the two games they played. I still don't know about that. You know, this is another game I could see Duke first half just because they've had two games to none. But by the same token, I think this dead nuts over team last year being UVA is going to be a dead nuts under team. Remember, they, they don't bring back much of their offense. They bring back a ton of their defense, at least early on. And the Sharps tend to agree with me here. I think that total open 46 and a half. And you mentioned it's now 45, 45 and a half. Uh, and that is a super key number. And we know that's low for a college football game, but I don't think it's low enough. So I actually like the under here, guys. You know, Uncle Dave, this one really interested me because I felt like there were a lot of key factors going into this one. As you had mentioned, Duke, they've played some quality teams. They played Notre Dame, they played Boston College, and they didn't get smashed in either game. But the offense for the Blue Devils, you know, it looked rather blah. 19 combined points in two games. I think the departure for, you know, Bryce Perkin for Virginia, that's that's going to be a big deal for them. I mean, he he was their stud quarterback last year. Now they're going to bring in Brennan Armstrong. And that worries me a little bit, you know, for the talent here for Virginia on that side of the ball. But if you go back to what Duke did last time that they played against BC, Uncle Dave, they turned the ball over five times in that game. And not only did they turn the ball over five times, but four times, they turned it over in the red zone. So you got to wonder, if you subtract those turnovers for Duke in the last game, are they one and one on the season? Low scoring game, possibly. An unproven Virginia quarterback, as you had mentioned, the Virginia defense is going to be a little bit better. I think the Duke defense, actually, Uncle Dave, when you put them up against BC and you give them the ball five times, and what did they break, Uncle Dave? I think it was like 24, 26 points. It was like the same thing for Notre Dame. It's not like Notre Dame blew them out of the water. So I actually think Duke's defense is, is half decent here. And the fact that this total is so low, how can I rely on on a Virginia quarterback that's making his first start against a team who has two games under their belt? And I think that that Duke kind of knows that, you know, they kind of did it to themselves with the turnovers and not being able to go ahead and generate much offense in the first game against Notre Dame, which I can understand that. I mean, you're on the road there in Notre Dame. It's not an easy place to play, and it's you haven't had a whole lot of time to go ahead and practice. I think at five and a half is just too much here, Uncle Dave. I'm going to take Duke here plus the five and a half. I wouldn't be shocked if they go in here and win this game. I think there's a, there's a pretty good chance that they actually do go ahead and get and get in the win column here for the Dukies. So I'll go ahead. I'll make that one there, guys. I'll take Duke plus the five and a half points. Let's jump over to Iowa State, TCU, TCU. They're going to be a home dog here, plus two and a half points. Low total here, Uncle Dave, 44. You know, Iowa State, they lost a bit of a shocker against UL Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. I mean, they, they scored 24 unanswered points against the Cyclones team. And, you know, Iowa State ended up, you know, with just 14 points in that game. That was a shocker for me. And I think if TCU is at home here in Oakland, Dave, and they're getting points, you got to wonder how bad is, is TCU coming into this season. I'm not sure, Uncle Dave. I looked over this game. I didn't really find a whole lot that I like. So ultimately, for me, it's going to go ahead and be a pass. So the floor is yours here, Uncle Dave. What do you got? Well, I like TCU here, Sleepy. You know, uh, for starters, TCU quarterback, sort of their last year's all-world, Max Duggan, he was cleared to play uh, sort of midweek, I guess, if you will. And and Patterson, at the time, hadn't named a starter. He just did. Uh, he named Downing the starter. Uh, so you might get a slightly better number. But if Downing isn't moving the offense, he'll be holding the clipboard and, and Duggan will be in there. 
And I usually like ISU. I mean, they're one of my favorite little teams to bet on last year. But that lost to ULL, and I know ULL is actually a very good team. It's ULL. They're not a Power 5 team. Um, and, and ULL beat them with Levi Lewis throwing for just 151 yards. So, I mean, it's not like ULL did anything, you know, crazier, you know, 400 yards here and, and, the, and run up and down the field. They just didn't. So what that tells me is that TCU doesn't have to have exceptional quarterback play. I think they just need good quarterback play, and I think they'll get it. Uh, and, and Purdy, ISU's quarterback, he's someone I really do like. But he just completed 16 of 35 against ULL. And, again, it's ULL. And it's going to take a lot more than that here. And, and from a motivational standpoint, TCU suffered their worst loss of last year, 49 to 24 at Iowa State last year. And, you know, last year, other than that, they didn't have any bad losses. They played Oklahoma tough. They almost beat Baylor. Uh, they did beat Texas. And, and ISU lost a ton of defense from last season. And TCU brought back a, a ton of their offense. And TCU is going to allow in, I think, up to 12,000 fans, which would be new for ISU because they didn't play in front of any fans last week. So, you know, for me, winning conference road games is hard enough, um, let alone against a team that I think should be favored. So I like TCU here. As I mentioned, I'm going to go ahead and pass your Uncle Dave. I'm kind of with you. You know, I don't mind betting Iowa State. I particularly like betting on them. You know, come like December, late November, when the weather starts to get screwy. I mean, that's just a – that's a crazy stadium to go in and play, in, especially when the crowd's there. You always know, you know, when Iowa State's, you know, weather is getting crazy and, and it becomes really tough to play there because they play teams really tough and they end up usually probably upsetting somebody, you know, that goes in there. Iowa State always seems to come away uh, with a win. So that's generally when I like to go ahead and play on them. I usually don't really look at them early in the season, but certainly in the middle of the schedule. Uncle Dave, let's jump over to SEC game. It'll be our first SEC game that we talk about on our college football pods. We got Tennessee at South Carolina. South Carolina, they're going to catch three and a half points here at home. Total 42 and a half. You know, the preseason Cinderella, Tennessee Volunteers take their preseason number 16th ranking into South Carolina. I don't know, Uncle Dave. I'm going to let you go ahead and rip and run on this one first. I'm not sure it's going to be as easy as, as people might think here for the Volunteers. But I'll let you rip and run on this one first. What do you got? No, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you about that. I, you know, you look at this line, and, and people are either high on the Vols and or down on the Gamecocks or both, and I get that. Uh, but Tennessee doesn't exactly bring back a ton. You know, people are Tennessee this, Tennessee. I, I don't, I don't see it. I mean, I think they're they're heading in the right direction, but I'm not sure they're there yet. You know, they're in the middle somewhere in terms of returning production. In fact, South Carolina brings back more returning production. And a couple of big things here is the Gamecocks are allowing, I believe, 20,000 fans. And that's a lot. And, you know, if Tennessee's been dealing with distractions. They have Cade Mays, that the, the Georgia offensive line transfer. They're trying to get him cleared to play. I, I guess he's not. If he's not, I don't think I could take the balls. Um, they've been very sort of COVID shorthanded, if you will, in practice. And then they got a bunch of true freshmen playing in their first game. And williams Bryce Stadium is always a tough place to play, you know, let alone at night, and, and it's a night game. So, you know, I'm going to wait and see, but I certainly uh, don't think I can resist the Gamecocks catching points here, to be honest with you. You know, a lot of the wise guys, Uncle Dave, are jumping on South Carolina here, and I think it's the fact that they're getting points. They're at home. 
and that they may allow some fans here. Now, one of the things that that Tennessee does have in their favor, at least in this game, I think they bring back more experience that has talent. I think there's more talent on the side of the ball of Tennessee. One of the things that concerns me here, though, for South Carolina, Uncle Dave, is head coach Will Muschamp. You know, he sounds like he's kind of in a fog right now with his own team. He has no idea who's going to play and and where they're going to play. And he himself has actually said this, and I'll quote Muschamp here. You know, he says, we're headed into the unknown as far as this season is concerned. You know, we've got to create some depth for our football team. That worries me, the fact that that the coach doesn't know necessarily what direction this team's going to go in or who's going to play or where they're going to play. You know, that worries me. You know, when a coach says that, that it's kind of a, you know, trial by error kind of thing. You know, it's it's let's see what happens and we'll start plugging the holes as needed. And I'm just not sure if if South Carolina can go ahead and make those in-game adjustments correctly, you know, going up against a half-decent Tennessee team. I think Tennessee's ranked 16, you know, for a reason. So I don't know what I would do in this one. I don't want to go against the people that I respect. And I also don't want to go ahead and, and back a team who right now it seems like their coach, you know, he doesn't know really what to expect from this team. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and pass this one, Uncle Dave. I think the Volunteers maybe take some late money. This line might even go up a little bit more because I think some of the narrative that's going to come out closer to game day is the fact that Tennessee is ranked number 16. They close the season with six straight wins. Um, they're going to have you know more talented players come back. So it wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee goes ahead and, and takes some more money. Maybe we just wait on this one, and maybe South Carolina does get up to four. Because, I, like I said, I've heard wise guys on South Carolina, but it's not like an overwhelming amount of them are going to go ahead and back South Carolina here. So so I'll go ahead. I'm going to pass that one, Uncle Dave. I'll make it easy on everybody with that one. Let's jump over to the team we just talked about here, Uncle Dave, Louisville. They're going to be on the road here at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh going to be minus three, total 55 and a half. I'll let you go and rip and run on this one, Uncle Dave. I have this is actually going to be my best bet of our podcast, so I'm going to let you rip and run here first, Uncle Dave. What do you got? Well, I'm going to I'm going to be light here if you got a best bet, um, and I hope I'm not on the other side. I don't like being on the other side of you any more than you like being on the other side of me. Um, you know, and Pitt's a team that I I just hate. I I, I rarely get them right, and what really is sort of telling to me is they're favored by three in spite of two things. The first being everyone saw Louisville on national TV and they looked reasonably good. I mean, I think people kind of expected Miami to win and 60% of the tickets are on the Cardinal. And yet Louisville is still uh, three point underdogs. It's holding steady. And then I look at Pitt last week while they held Syracuse to 171 yards of total offense, but it was Syracuse. So, Go figure. Um, Pitt's bringing back two-thirds of production on both sides of the ball. You know, I think Louisville's offense did click a little bit against Miami. Um, They actually had over 500 yards of offense, uh, which surprised me. Some of that could have been playing from behind, but as I said earlier, they ran for 200 yards. And that total has already gone up to 55 from opening at 53. I tend to agree with the over, um, but I would hate to bet into a bad number. Uh, even now with almost 80% of the tickets on that over right now, I would much prefer it come down to 54. Uh, I think if it is going to be higher scoring, I think I can get to Pitt. Uh, I think Pickett can beat them through the air, but I'm not sure they'd be able to run the ball after they only ran for 127 against Syracuse. 
and I just don't trust Louisville to not turn the ball over. So with that in mind, I can't trust them to win. So I like Pittsburgh. I hope you like Pittsburgh. Have at it. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus, just like me. All right, Uncle Dave, my best bet for this podcast is going to be the Pittsburgh Panthers minus the three points here. You know, the defense has shown over the last two games, Uncle Dave, that they can stop the rush. And I hate to go ahead and try to fade an aspect of a game or particularly a team when they're clearly riding some type of defensive momentum. And it is going to be the rush defense here, you know, that I think really just provides a big boost here for Pittsburgh. They allowed 56 yards rushing to Syracuse, and then they only allowed one rushing yard to Austin Pay. Now, that was on 22 attempts, and I get it. It's Austin Pay, but still, it's only one rushing yard. And I remember when I was a kid, Uncle Dave, and I'll just tell a brief story. We were in mini football, and there was a team that they, they'd never allowed a point in the game, and they didn't allow any rushing yards in the game, and you couldn't throw. It was like every time – and we were just little kids, granted. Now, this team was – I mean, they were good, but you couldn't get past the line of scrimmage. It was always – you know, they, we turned the ball over, and this was across the entire league. And then it came like playoff time, and they played a team that, that they haven't seen before that had a big bruising running back. And he came out, and he ran for like eight yards past the line of scrimmage. And then it was nine yards, and then it was 12. And then before you know it mentally, that team just broke down, and they were like, "There's we can't stop this guy. We're not as good as we thought that we were. But I think – in some type of sense that Pittsburgh is going to have that same type of mentality coming in here. Like nobody can run on us. And until it actually happens, they're going to keep building and building and building off of that. And as you had mentioned, Louisville ran for some yards last week, but I think that's at least a big major boost for Pittsburgh that they feel that they can go ahead and stop Louisville from running. And if Pittsburgh goes into this game with the number one rush defense, you know, maybe they just come in here with like this, this mental thinking like nobody can run on us plain and simple and until they do it you know or if they do it once we're going to stop them the second time so I think that's a big boost here uh, for Pittsburgh going into this game and I guess another thing that's kind of turning me off is the fact that I took Louisville last week against Miami and I thought Louisville would go ahead and play a lot better but I noticed one thing with this Louisville Cardinals team is uh, they have some major issues here on defense and Pitt's going to be 2-0 going into this game and I, don't, I just don't know how I trust the Louisville. If they can't win at home, you know, how are they going to win on the road against a team that, one, I think is going to be motivated all over the place, but I really think they'll be motivated in that rush defense department. So it's going to be rare for Pittsburgh to go ahead and start out 3-0, and but I think the line's right. I mean, if this line was a pick then I could say, all right, you know, maybe I understand a little bit. Maybe these teams are even, but the fact that Pitt is favored – it's kind of telling you that there's something wrong with Louisville, and I think Louisville's defense is the big problem. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to back Pittsburgh here. I think I got the right team for sure, and I'll lay the three points here. I think Pittsburgh probably wins this one. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won by, you know, anywhere from 10 to 17 points. I think it's somewhere in that range, maybe like a 28-17 home winner here for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Well, that'll do it, guys. That's our podcast. Big thanks to Uncle Dave for jumping on the pod. We, we've been trying to get together for days now to go ahead and get some work done, and we finally got some college football games under our belt, so wanted to make sure we go ahead and give them out to you guys. If you guys haven't checked out the NFL Week 3 pod, 
You guys can do that on my Twitter at CPJ underscore pregame. That's also up at Uncle Dave's Twitter as well at Dave underscore S. So you guys can get that on the Betting Predators site. And you can find Uncle Dave and myself at the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. I'd like to wish you guys all the best of luck this weekend. Enjoy the games.